You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to On The Way. This is Beth White, your, one of your co-hosts this morning, um, along with Jen Delvo. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Beth. Welcome to On The Way, the radio show from the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So we are going to try this with masks on today. Um, Jen and I are in studio together. We are more than six feet apart, but we've requested that we get a plastic partition moving forward, so we shall see. Um, we are Today, our topic is going to be about prayer and personal prayer as a part of the evangelization process. So when we talk about evangelization, I think sometimes people think that you're, it's just about going out and um, spreading the good news, which mm-hmm. is really important. But we really understand in our office that one of the most critical parts of evangelization is filling yourself up and really having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and God the Father, and really spending time in that relationship. And so um, Jen and I, are just going to chat for um, about a half hour, I guess, about this concept. And then we're going to invite in a guest with a very specific tool, uh, Hollow, which is um, has been designed and, and created here in this diocese. And that tool's co-founder will be joining us in the second half of the show. So in the beginning of the show, we're just going to talk about personal prayer and some resources out there. So welcome, Jen. Thanks. And so, Jen, um, for our listeners, and you and I work together on this all the time, could you just share with folks why personal prayer is so critical for this journey? Well, we always, like you said, talk about evangelization being sharing that good news. And that when we talk about that, we frame it as your walk with Jesus, your relationship with God and the Holy Spirit, as you said. But like any relationship, you have to keep grounding that on a daily basis or you lose that relationship. And so having the daily prayer practice in whatever way works for you is absolutely essential because that keeps you rooted in what you are being asked to share with others in evangelization. So um, I, this is the month of the rosary, mm-hmm. and it is also um, we have some pretty great saints that we're honoring this month, mm-hmm. one of which is Ka- um, uh, Catherine of um, 
um, uh, well, both Avila and mm-hmm. or Teresa, Catherine of Siena and <laughs> Teresa of Avila. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness! So Teresa of Avila is very interesting to me because her story is one in which is very familiar to us in our work for evangelization. Mm-hmm. Um, for the listeners who may or may not know this, she went into the convent at the age of 20. Um, basically, she was from a wealthy family. She entered the convent. It was kind of like a boarding school for wealthy young women who probably didn't have dowries or whatever. Um, and it wasn't until she was 39, 19 years later. So mm-hmm. presumably, she was living as, for the outside world, a nun. And she was participating in communal prayer. Mm -hmm. She was participating in the liturgy, probably our, you know, the prayer of the hours, right, whatever. But she didn't feel anything. And it was when she was 39 that she had that conversion. And she really came to realize, oh, my gosh, this God is real. Oh, he's real. And and from there on out, she went on this spiritual quest. And um, she wrote books she founded, I think, 17 convents. <laughs> she brought reform to the Carmelites. And she her books were really about that spiritual journey, right? The inside, the castle. Yep. Um, interior castle. Interior castle. Yep. Thank you. The inside interior castle. <laughs> um, and she got brought before the Inquisition because how dare women back then have mm-hmm. personal experiences of God, right? And all of that to say that she was also named then ultimately the first do- woman doctor of the church. Mm-hmm. And what I find fascinating about that story is things that we hear pretty regularly in our work. I just heard yeah. it yesterday from someone I was talking with. People that have been lifelong Catholics who have been in the pews, they, they haven't fallen away from the church at all. They're actually faithful, go-to-mass type people. They um, maybe even work in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they volunteer a lot in the church. And then there's something happens. And I, one person told me, his wife had signed him up for um, an hour of holy hour for adoration. And he was like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I have to do this. And then he um, went and then he was like, I'm kind of bored. And so I probably should read something. So he started bringing in some spiritual works to read. And then one day he was sitting there and he was reading. And all of a sudden he realized that God was real and that God loved him right there. And he said, my whole life changed completely he changed his career he everything turned upside down for him Mm -hmm. and we hear this story over and over again don't we we do we do i mean we've even heard it from some of our coworkers who you know were active in their faith they kindergarten through graduate school and catholic schools they're active in ministry active in their own parishes and you know suddenly something happens whether it's with a program or a a particular moment in prayer and it's transformative you know that the intellectual becomes a lived relationship Mm -hmm. and I was talking to a woman yesterday and she was sharing the story I just it's just remarkable to me how similar the stories are because we have the great grace of people sharing their stories with us and she said that she uh, worked as a catechist she she was did regular retreats and then um, she kept wanting more but she wasn't sure what it was and then one day she was on retreat and she was taking a walk and all of a sudden she felt someone next to her and she looked around and there was no one next to her but that someone continued to walk with her and she said in that moment 
I knew God was real. Jesus was real. And she said it transformed her life as well. And then all she wanted was more, more, more. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that story just keeps replicating itself. We have a, a person we work with who talked about being on a park bench and saying, God, if you're real, she'd been working in the church for like, what, 15 years at the time? Yeah. God, if you're real, show me you're real. And on that park bench, God showed her, like, had, like, gave her an awareness of his presence. And so it's really fascinating to me, this level at which it really requires us to stop, to slow down, Mm -hmm. and to listen, right? And I think that can be so hard because that's not something in our culture that's appreciated, that's creating that space, that silence, that stillness. And so many people, you know, parents and, and caretakers have so many demands on their time and energies that it can be so incredibly difficult to find that space for it. But it is transformative and ultimately it becomes the model for others in our lives that when they look to that, they they want a part of that too. And so not only are you driving your own formation, your own, you know, desire to grow closer to God, but you kind of attract others by by that which you gain from it too and all of those things that i just described and you described are all what we would call encounter Mm -hmm. and so when we give presentations we talk a lot about encounter and our pope um pope francis talks a lot about encounter and so in his book the joy of the gospel um that is our sort of our complete guide for evangelization, <laughs> that and the one by Evangeli Nutiandi by Paul VI, um, those two great papal documents on evangelization. Um, he talks about, gosh, what is it, paragraph three? He says that Jesus is waiting and all, he has his arms open and he's waiting mm-hmm. and he's just asking you to um, invite him in, basically. He, he wants to have an encounter with you. And I guess... I would have, I, when I first read that, I was like, oh, okay, that's lovely. And it's only after having been in this work for five years and hearing all these stories of people that it's just, and we would call that a conversion when they move from, it isn't being converted from faith to faith. It's a conversion of heart mm-hmm. when you go from knowing a lot about someone, uh, a lot about Jesus, the sacraments, the church, church teachings, and you know so much about it. But it hasn't connected to the heart. And then when you have that encounter and you know God is real and the radical audacity to say that God loves you just as you are and that he would have died for you, Jesus would have died for you just because you're you uh, and that he's merciful and forgiving and all those things, then all of a sudden all that stuff in your head goes click, 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 Mm -hmm. right? Right. Mm -hmm. So how has prayer been um, sort of formative for you, Jen, personally? You know, it it was something that I really had to learn about, I think, and learn how to do that. You know, I'm sure somewhere along the line in religious ed years, I was taught what the rosary is. And obviously, I, I have very strong memories of being taught the Our Father in religious ed. And I'm horrible at memorizing things. And so that was not a good experience because I struggled. And um, so the the process to get to that point of recognizing even there were other ways to pray than simply the repetition, and especially for somebody who wasn't good at that. So it wasn't until really I got to college and in campus ministry that 
in the way that I was accompanied and some of the folks that were my mentors really showed me um, how I could enter into this prayer life and help me to figure out what made sense for what I needed in that moment versus, you know, memorize this or do this because that's what the whole class is doing, which is kind of how my religious ed experience was. And so this is totally new to me. And then once that happened and they had this lovely program every Lent called a busy person's retreat. So we also got a little mini experience of spiritual direction. And I remember I had a Franciscan sister who said she was Franciscan but had a spine of the Ignatian spirituality. And so I had her for two or three years and she was so great because she too also said, well, have you thought about this? Let me tell you a little bit about this. Let's try practicing this together. And so it was a really great way to say, okay, there's more than one way. I got to find what I need in this moment. And especially with having that same woman walk with me multiple times and kind of pop in and pop out because she'd only be there for those few weeks during Lent to also see that it can change over time. And so I think that gave me a much healthier understanding of how to nurture this relationship. And I realized I'm a morning person. I may not want to talk to other people till later in the morning, but I love to get up early in the morning with my coffee. And so that's when I kind of carve out my time with God. And I know that's when I'm at my best. So I want to give God some of that time that I'm at my best and find a corner on my sofa. I tend to rely a lot on scripture. Uh, and some journaling and things like that. And that generally is how I know I pray, but then in different seasons, there's different things we need. When my little brother was deployed, I had no words to pray for him. I couldn't fathom what he was experiencing. And it was about three days in where I was in, oh, Mary was at the foot of the cross. I know the rosary. I'm going to start praying the rosary. I prayed the rosary every day till he came home. And that was the only way I could think of to pray for him. Mm. Yeah. And I I think what Jen's saying here is a really important point is, oh, my goodness, in the Catholic Church, we have so many forms of prayer. Mm -hmm. I mean, we go all the way back, right? And so there are, um, and I'm not going to name them all because I'm going to miss them all, but (laughs) praying with scripture, um, there's different ways to do that, Mm -hmm. right? You can do Lexio Divina, where you actually uh, reflect multiple times on the scripture and wait for the words to pop out and then really reflect on what those words mean to your for that particular day. You can pray with the scripture itself and say, what are you saying to me, God, through this, all kinds of things. So there's different resources that we'll go over in our next part of the show. So I'm going to take a break right now, and we are going to, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about more about prayer and some real practical ways to get started. have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. 
For more information on the Veteran Spike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. In recent weeks, many people have reached out to Kathy. I feel special. (laughs) I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. In recent weeks, many people have reached out to Catholic Charities to ask what we are doing to help our Afghan brothers and sisters. They also ask how they can join us in our work. Current estimates suggest that 50,000 refugees are headed to our shores in the coming weeks. Based on a decade of experience in refugee resettlement, we predict that it will cost $50,000 to resettle a family of four for six months. This includes housing, food, clothing, and other urgent needs as they establish new lives in Chicago. As Jesus tells us, whatsoever you do for the least of my people, that you do unto me. Please assist us as we welcome the first 10 families. Visit catholiccharities.net to donate to our special refugee resettlement appeal or call 312-948-6087. Can a dead man come back to life? For this I know I'm alive Cause I'm a man that calls Jesus Christ I'm a dead man walking Come back to life Well I'm on my way I can't get there on my own Heaven's Good morning. Welcome back to On The Way. This is Beth White with my co-host Jen Delvo. Good morning. Good morning from the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. So we are talking a little bit about personal prayer. And we know that communal prayer is so critical to the the life of a disciple mm-hmm. and gathering together at Mass around the Eucharist, uh, celebrating the, um, the great feast of Thanksgiving um, on a regular basis, as well as participating in all the other communal ways that we can pray as church and all the different liturgical opportunities and all the sacramental life. And so in no way are we uh, not saying that that's critical because it is a both and. As Catholics, we learn we're both and people. Uh, Not either or people, we are both and. And so we need to have both communal and liturgical prayer and we need to have personal prayer. And that personal prayer, I guess another way to explain it is you do gather with your family and your children and perhaps your grandchildren and your um, brothers and sisters and you'll have these big you know you'll maybe you have sunday dinner together but all the studies also show us that you need to have personal time with your spouse you need to spend um, time to um, deepen that relationship 
um, maybe your best, your closest friends. You need to spend personal time with them. You need to have maybe a lunch or a dinner or speak on the phone. That it isn't enough just to have big group gatherings because the relationship is great, but it won't mm-hmm. deepen. And that you need to have those real personal time with someone to help grow that relationship into a deeper level. Yeah. I think we all know that. So the same is true of prayer. And so what Jen was just saying before the break about in her own life having to have different kinds of prayer at different times is something that we really want to stress because I personally change up prayer a lot because I'll get a little too rote and I'm like, oop, need to change it a little bit because I'm. it's just, it's going to the same restaurant every week gets really boring. So you need to mix it up, right? So um there's all kinds of tr- ways, as we were just talking about before the break, there's ways to pray with Scripture. And Scripture really helps you kind of get to know who this God is and who Jesus is, because it is the Word of God, right? Mm-hmm. And we also recognize that there's meditation, which is the rosary. Mm-hmm. And the rosary can, through the repetition, can help you sort of go into another place in, in, in your heart and go deeper into your soul. And using some of those memorized prayers are beautiful ways to do that. Um, and then there's also um, all kinds of like imaginative prayer mm-hmm. where you put yourself in scripture and imagine you're one of the players or you're an observer of the scene, which is very fascinating to do. Um, and so and sometimes there just aren't words. And I know for me, sometimes when someone's really ill, I get I give them palm crosses as just as something to hold physically onto when there are no words. Um, and so it's just really keeping that connection to the relationship. Yeah. And I actually had a spiritual director back when I lived in Michigan who is a sister who's a very gifted artist. Mm. And so one of the things I loved about her was that she encouraged me to also see how I could use drawing and so forth Mm -hmm. as part of my prayer life. And, you know, I've always loved the visual, too, you know, with icons and paintings. You know, I love going to art museums and seeing the religious art there. So I think that's sometimes something we don't always think about, but that can be really powerful for people. And also walking in nature, mm-hmm. um, or, or there's also the um, labyrinths type yes. of walk, right? Yep. Where you take, that's a part of our tradition as well. The movement, walking mm-hmm. with movement. I would do that with teens. And it was fascinating to see how much the teens loved it to mm-hmm. the point that then we ended up making a giant one out of a basketball court-sized tarp and duct tape. There you go. That the teens did and hosted for the parish for Advent. So... So finding what works for your personality mm-hmm. is really important. So if God reaches, if you're a really creative soul, pray while you do art, mm-hmm. journal. I, I did this prayer experience with folks where I had them use different colors of pencils and pens and markers, and I asked them to just shout out different images of God. And so it was God as friend, as father, as... as um, um, oh, gosh, I can't think. Anyway, um, all these different images of God that we have in our lives. And then we asked them, I asked them to just write down in the center of a circle or, you know, choose a different kind of a triangle or a square or whatever and write down which one of those images of God is speaking to you today. And then we had the group sort of give out prayers for people in their lives that um, were really st- are struggling or in need of you know, some supporter in Thanksgiving. And I just wrote their names on this big piece of paper and I asked everyone to write their names on the piece of paper. And then and then what we did is we prayed a litany over those people's names and then invited them to pray for them for the week in their private prayers. And so there's all kinds of ways 
to really engage with God in our journey. Um, so we have a few different tools that we want to share with you before we um, go really hyper-focus into an app that we're going to do a deeper dive into. So, Jen, what do you use for your scripture-based resource? Um, I tend to use um, Give Us This Day. Oh, so do I. Yes. So that's Conveniently, we have a visual aid. Day. Though I usually use the app because I will lose that under my sofa uh, or leave it on an airplane or something like that back in the days the where we traveled. I case. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like it because I pull it up on my iPad or on my phone when I'm traveling. And so I never lose it, which is super helpful for me. So if you get the book when you also get the free app if you want, or you can just get the cheaper version. And it's giveusthisday.org. And so it provides for you um, morning prayer, mm-hmm. um, the liturgy, the mass itself, mm-hmm. so the scriptures for the day, and it gives you evening prayer. And it also provides you with a daily reflection and then also uh, a week ahead reflection and then some other little reflections, mm-hmm. so spiritual mm-hmm. reading as well. And we have, um, I've utilized Word Among Us, which is wau.org, and they also have an app that you can use and do it online. Another one is um, the Magnificat that I know a lot yeah. of people use. So you can get there through us.magnificat.net. Um, and we'll provide some of these links on our website. Um, Living with Christ, that's another one that I used to use religiously. Um, and it's www.livingwithchrist.us. I believe it was originally out of Canada. Um, my brother has a gift subscription to that <laughs> one. Um we also know that there's daily prayer from our local LTP, so you can actually get a whole book of just the, all the prayers for the day. And then there's another one that we have that we found came across called livingfaith.com. I'm not familiar with it. I don't think Jen is either. No, but, but it looks pretty good, and it, it's three months versus of prayers in one doc in one thing. And you mm-hmm. can also get it online, and it looks like it's in English, Spanish, and they have a kids version. I think the other one's also in languages I'm pretty as well. sure most of them do at least have Spanish, and I know most of them have a children's version, too. Magnificat and definitely does. So we also have this interesting one called Click to Pray. And Click to Pray is an interesting one because what is that, Jen? It links up with the Pope's prayer's intention. So it, you know, he has a prayer intention for the mm-hmm. month, and then they offer a daily prayer in the morning and the evening. There's prayers for the synod right now. And at the end, after you've said the little prayer, you've prayed for that intention, you can click amen. And so you can kind of see as the day goes along, more and more people praying with that. So it's kind of a fun one. And you got to approve of the fact that this month, his intention involves missionary discipleship. So yeah, we pray that every baptized person may be engaged in evangelization available to the mission by being witnesses of a life that has the flavor of the gospel is the Pope's missionary disciple prayer for the month. I, um, the other thing about this is really bringing the prayers of the church into your personal prayer life. Mm-hmm. So while you're praying with God and spending time, then actually lifting up the prayers of the universal church is a beautiful way to connect both the communal and the personal experience. Then we have a couple uh, apps that we love. Uh, Pray As You Go, that is one that I use uh, oh, yeah. pretty frequently. Try um, to keep myself you know, in a good place when I'm commuting in on the Eisenhower, and that always helps for a few minutes at making least. Making your, your car or your walk a church. Mm-hmm. Um, that is from the um, 
uh, English, I believe they're from Irish, England. I Irish, Irish, Irish. Lovely accents, <laughs> always. Lovely music. Um, always starts with different kinds of music. Mm -hmm. You could have chant to, to praise kind of and worship, yep. anything in between. Um, and then they take you through a chosen part of the scripture, either the psalm or the first reading or second reading. And then they ha give you questions to actually get you thinking, praying mm -hmm. with the scripture. It's a beautiful way to start. Um, and also just to, it's about 15 minutes or less. And then they also have tons of resources on there to teach you how to pray, to mm -hmm. examine yeah. and imaginative prayer. And so it takes you step by step through those kinds of prayers. Three-minute retreat through LoyolaPress.com. Uh, the pray as you go is pray dash as dash you dash go dot org. <laughs> Just pray as you go. Google it. Um, three minute retreat is from LoyolaPress.com, and that is also a Jesuit, and it takes you on a three minute reflection. And then um, Jen mentioned the reimagining the examine app, which is through IgnatianSpirituality.com. And then there is a, well, I'm going to be honest. It's a it's an app. It's called Laudate. L-A-U-D-A-T-E, and it's bright yellow, and it's not very pleasing to the eye, but it actually has tons of resources. Mm -hmm. You can get the USCCB Bible. You can get the readings of the day. You can get uh, reflections for the day. You can get the rosary prayers. All the mysteries, in case you don't have those memorized. Right on your yep. phone, every single um, thing, and all kinds of traditional prayers, um, and so if you're just, you know, if you're in a moment and you just want to reflect on scripture, it's a great way to um, just spend some time with that tool. Yep, there we go. You can see it on the, um, on, if you're watching us on YouTube, <laughs> we've got that pulled up. Um, it, you know, like I said, it's not beautiful, but it's a great, like, in your practical. pocket app. Yes, so very, very practical. So. We just really encourage you to find whatever works for you. And if you're already praying, maybe mix it up a little bit and just see how you can grow a closer to God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and really who, whomever you pray to, maybe try someone else. Maybe you've been really focused on God for the Father for a while. Maybe focus on Jesus, your friend, or maybe the Holy Spirit, your guide. And we are going to focus next um, in the next part of our uh, radio show here on an app called Hollow, H-A-L-L-O-W. And we are going to uh, interview our co-founder of Hollow. And this is, I believe, created here in Chicago. And it is a prayer, a Catholic prayer meditation app. So, um, so we... Um, it's a pretty cool tool mm -hmm. that we find is um, uh, unique and new and different. And we, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back to talk a little bit more about this, uh, this app.
Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeteryschicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.